For further analysis on what's playing itself out on that market scene, I'm joined by Patrice Rousseau from Ashburton Investments. Patrice, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure. Good afternoon. All right, it's been quite a week, Patrice, but of course today we're seeing the JSC uh, not getting any joy. Let's just talk about what could be driving uh, market sentiments at the tail end of this week. Yeah, we've, we've seen the S&P uh, snap its four-day winning streak um, um, overnight. So there was a little bit of weakness there, although I think the, the big feature of global markets and impacting on the JSC is what's happening um, in China, where you've had this balance between, on the one hand, a weakening property uh, sector with um, big property developers like Evergrande and and uh, obviously Country Garden, which which is the leading property developer in in China, requiring to to raise capital and posting quite heavy losses. So that's weighed down on sentiment, obviously, and as a negative read through for demand for metals and resources. But on the other hand, some of the latest numbers we've seen, like this morning, the the Kaixing manufacturing PMI, which is a, a, a measure of manufacturing activity, has hit six months high. So, so we're weighing these two things, and I think markets are quite uncertain as to where things are likely to go. And the JSE, as you you already mentioned, really sort of uh, bumbling along between uh, green and red. Um, today trading in the red dragged down by resources stocks. I was also ask you, Patrice, if a market a commentators and market analysts are all, uh, you know, kind of concerned or confused maybe about that Chinese picture because it is so uneven, is it possible that policymakers uh, within China have a better grip of the situation and are, you know, still planning to respond in a way uh, that shows more meaning for markets? Yeah, I mean, it's a very good point that you make. I think everyone was very hopeful that after two years of very stringent lockdown, um, the Chinese consumer and economy would be um, really growing at a rapid pace or rebounding at a rapid pace. So we haven't really seen that. So um, I think the disappointment has been that uh, policymakers have been quite slow to react, but we're seeing action now. We're seeing various interest rate cuts. We, we're seeing mortgage rate cuts to incentivize um, first-time home buyers. We've seen um, some taxes like stamp duty being being reduced so that there would be more activity on the market. So a number of interventions, but I think what the market is really hoping for, and we've seen that from, from the Chinese authorities before, is a big fiscal intervention, whether it's infrastructure spend um, or even there's talks of income tax cut, which will really give this economy a boost. But we haven't seen that yet. It's been very tentative um, action by, by Chinese uh, policymakers. I was looking to get some company results. Now, Truett's come out with a set of numbers. Let's talk about that. A big part of Truett's, uh, you know, as business model here is credit sales, uh, Patrice. And I think it's an important aspect um, of this set of numbers. And I guess also uh, why we might be seeing uh, their sales increasing still is because of their ability to advance that credit. Yeah, Truett's um, very good showing this this um, half day up 3%, but we're seeing that across the board in terms of the, the local re retailers for, for a few 
for a few trading sessions, Mr. Price also uh, posting very good gains al- alongside uh, the Fushini Group. So if we, we focus on TrueFs, I think the numbers um, have been stronger than expected. As you say rightly, um, the, their ability to, to manage their credit book always very impressive, manage costs also uh, very well. And there's there's a, still a little bit of a tailwind of, of the reopening of the economy and especially return to the office where where as people move from work from home to return to the office whether it's in the uk or in south africa there's there's this pent-up demand for for um i would say office apparel which which is feeding through somehow in the numbers but yeah uh, that said and done i think the base that we're looking at was still very low so so we're getting to that point that now it's getting to more normalized levels, but markets are, are, are concerned, especially when it comes to credit, given you know high inflation and high interest rates, which may uh, still down the line emerge at, as bad debts. I also ask you, Patrice, Michael Mark, CEO, staying put after 32 years at 71 years old. I'm wondering, you know, what investors might think about this. Of course, it's a wealth of experience, a person who knows the company. But is it also speaking to succession planning within Truett? Yeah, I think it's it's one which has been hanging over um, Truett for now uh, quite a number of years. I think it is important to have succession planning in place. I think with someone as as crucial in the company as uh, as as a founder CEO, I think it's important to have a, a, a very um, I would say orderly handover of of the reins. With that that's been tried before, it hasn't worked. So I think that that hangs around because eventually Michael Mark will have to retire, and and I think as investors would prefer that to be uh, done. You know over a number of periods rather than, than, than suddenly. And then before, I let you, uh, before we go to stock picks, uh, rather, uh, Fortress has released a set of numbers today. Of course, they lost their read status, but it, it seems like that's been water off a duck's back. Um, and they seem to have uh, been able to continue increasing their distributable income by 5.3%. Yeah, I think, again, strong performance there. I think that the, the feature of a lot of these results has been um, degearing um, the company is being able to increase distributions and and in general activity improving so so again that's been a feature not only in South Africa but also what we've seen um, in Europe especially in Eastern Europe so that's that really translating positively um, in a share like fortress and but as you said so so despite the change in status that hasn't seemed to be uh, a huge factor weighing on 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 the business. Now, Patrice, I'd like to get your stock pick in a bit, but before then, maybe let's reflect on some of the counters that have found favor with your industry peers. I'm going with Motus. They released results yesterday. It was a very good set of results. Um, overall, they're still growing revenues. What they've done very well in terms of their model is to diversify their overall offering in terms of not being just reliant on new vehicle sales. So they've got a very strong 
aftermarket parts business, a financial services uh, business, uh, and then retail and rental in, in vehicles. So I think overall they've got a good mix or as well between the geographical spread between South Africa and UK and Australia. The negative was the higher working capital in this period, but they will work through the excess inventory that was built up. And I think you could look to see lower interest costs and some cash flow release coming in the next period as they work through that inventory. So it's trading at a 5 PE with a good dividend and the prospects look uh, still good for them. The stock that I pick is Bitcorp because, I mean, I looked at the results yesterday. Solid performer, did incredibly well coming out of, co- out of COVID. And once food inflation started rolling over, they actually started gaining market share. And, and when you look at the individual operations, they're, they're actually doing incredibly well in terms of generating cash, growing market share, um, get, penetrating deeper and deeper into their markets. And they're capitalizing into a trend that I think is multi-year, which is this out-of-home eating over going shopping and cooking at home. Um, I don't think it's expensive. I think the market is undervaluing them from a, from an earnings perspective. Solid balance sheet, um, consistent margins. Yeah, I would say Bitcoin. Tonight, I'm going to pick uh, Anglo-American. Uh, as I said at the start of the show, I think that uh, resources have been very much under pressure. Commodity prices have obviously been soft. Uh, but I do sort of, from, from where I sit looking forward now, kind of see the world moving back into somewhat of a growth phase. A little bit of China stimulus coming through uh, could hopefully give some buoyancy to a lot of these commodity prices. Anglo-American recently paid a div. Not looking too expensive, but if we do start to see some tick up in these commodity prices, which I'm betting on, uh, then I think there would be a decent earnings leverage effect in Anglo-American. Excuse me, trading around 500 rand. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm happy to buy it at these levels. All right, Patrice, keen to get your thoughts on some of those counters. Of course, Motors and Bitcorp uh, both gave us a set of numbers this week and Anglo-American as well. Yeah, I think Big Corp's, again, very strong set of numbers, especially if you look at it in grand terms. Um, very uh, strongly diversified business across the world. Um, benefits from basically the reopening, again, and people eating out, um, given its its um, very strong supply chain in the restaurant markets, especially in the UK and rest of Europe. So I think that's that's a trend which is now going to normalize. Um, we think trading expensive at these levels because of a lot of it is in the price, but very good business long term. Uh, you also mentioned Anglo-American. Anglo-American um, has been affected by the short pullback in in um, metal prices. Again, over, over the cycle, longer term, it's a company which has taken a lot of action to optimize its capital expenditure. Um, I think weighed down uh, currently by its portfolio. I mean, it's 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 got a, a heavy tilt towards um, base metals and also um, uh, PGM to the, to a certain extent. PGM shares coming under under huge pressure this year uh, with the basket down close to forty percent um, in dollar terms. But longer term, we we seeing value at current levels. And wonderful, Patrice, keen to get your counter for today. Which stock are you going with? Well, today it's one uh, I've been lacking now for a number of weeks. I still go for MTN, um, 
trading at around 123 Rand level. I think we can see in terms of read through very strong performance in the rest of Africa, in the key markets like uh, Nigeria, Ghana. Of course, there's been a bit of turmoil in terms of currencies in these countries and concerns about what a global slowdown would mean. But I think um, notwithstanding that, I think there is a secular trend of strong data growth. And then the other secular trend has been the strong growth in in mobile money, which which really is underlying the share. There's a lot of action in terms of optimizing the portfolio that CEO Rafael Peter has taken. We, we've seen recently MasterCard uh, buying the into the fintech portfolio. I think that will help again the drive into mobile money. We've seen even yesterday in terms of uh, their relationship with Santam, so yeah. really driving um, distribution of financial services products mm. and South Africa, which which is a difficult market and, and an overpenetrated market, I think yeah. they're also uh, gaining share. So, yes. uh, by and large, um, on current multiples, I think that very attractive, not really factoring in, I would say, that growth vector. Mm. And, and they've taken action to, to get out of markets which have been difficult. Mm. to them like uh, um, in terms of southern sudan yes. and, and and even iran so uh, we we do see a better dividend flows from them going forward well, Peter, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us on this Friday afternoon and thank you for sharing your time and insights with us. That was your Midday Markets Update with Patrice Rousseau from Ashburton Investments.